Hope you had a fantastic weekend in the wild and wacky world of sports and beyond. We have some fun in store for you today, including a little game we call best and worst of the weekend. It's as simple as this. I am the host. I have circled the best and the worst of the NBA All-Star Game weekend, the college basketball weekend near and afar, a little hockey, a little football, XFL style, a little golf, a little NASCAR, and as I pick over my best and worst of the weekend and give you a little why to go along with that, as we wish everyone a happy President's Day today on this Monday afternoon across the great state of North Carolina, we take your nominees for best and worst of the weekend. I was there at a Canes game this weekend. Carolina not only got three out of a four, a possible four points, they were able to announce that a stadium series game is coming to Carter-Finley next year. How about that? Those who have been there know that the Canes and the Pack have a partnership, hockey and basketball style right there at PNC Arena. And across the parking lot right there at Carter-Finley Stadium, yes, there will be an outdoor hockey game. There has never been one in the southeastern United States until now, or technically, I guess, until about a year from now. Opponent to be announced, although we could have some educated guesses along those lines. Three out of a possible four points, best of the weekend. Stadium series, perhaps, announcement better than that. What was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe and what made it that? What was the worst thing you saw and what made it that? You can chime in at any point in these three hours, except for when we have guests. We will have Tom Dundon, the Carolina Hurricanes owner, on to celebrate the big news at some point soon. I will tell you what it was like to hang out with John Grisham, the legendary legal thriller author, and his wife Renee at halftime of the UVA-UNC college basketball game. Amazing guy, very nice wife that I had met for the first time. John, of course, a recent guest on our program. He is a Little League baseball commissioner and he is surrounded by both Wahoos and Tar Heels. Everyone else in his contingent, there were six in all, was rooting for somebody, either the Tar Heels or the Cavs, on Saturday night at the Smith Center. John said he was rooting for Mississippi State, his alma mater. So he stayed out of that part of it, but it was UVA 64, Carolina 62. Among the worst of the weekend vote-getters, I actually got to hang out with Tony Bennett, UVA head coach, met his wife in person for the first time, and his daughter, who is a lovely young person who is a freshman at Wake Forest. So that was pretty cool. I've known Tony for a really long time. Chatted, of course, along with the assembled media with Roy Williams and Tony Bennett at the press conference, but got some personal time after that. The Cavaliers are on the right side of the NCAA tournament bubble. The Wolfpack has fallen farther from that bubble after a disappointing hashtag NC State stuff loss at Boston College. Y'all know how that works. Florida State and Duke are coming to PNC Arena this week. Huge opportunities for Kevin Keats' squad to build its resume. It's the Blue Devils at PNC on Wednesday night. It's Florida State at PNC this coming Saturday afternoon. So all you had to do was hold serve up at Boston College, right? and then get ready to grab one of those bigger victories to impress the selection committee. Well, you know how it goes, hashtag and otherwise. It was 71-68 Boston College. The Eagles take out the pack in Chestnut Hill. Is the Wolfpack dead? Well, no. They still get three more shots 
at the ACC's top-tier teams, and those are the kinds of wins you'll need on Selection Sunday, especially as you keep dropping some of these games against middling and lesser opponents. Wake Forest got whacked at Miami, so I got worst of the weekend votes for three members of the Big Four, Wake, NC State, and UNC. So if misery loves company, the Tar Heels, the Wolfpack, and the Demon Deacons have plenty of that coming out of the weekend that was. Still more, Louisville had not had a head-scratching loss all season for about three months. Remember, Duke even lost to Stephen F. A. Austin at home. Stephen F. Austin lost at Clemson. Might not say that's as egregious or whatever, but that was a little bit surprising. Florida State lost way back to start the season against Pittsburgh, which is more of an NIT team. Louisville was that one of the ACC's big three that did not yet have a head-scratching loss. And guess what? Coming out of a weekend where Duke is a best of the weekend, Zion Williamson returns to Cameron Indoor Stadium on the same weekend that he's part of the NBA's All-Star Weekend in Chicago. Duke not only beats a solid Notre Dame team, just embarrasses them, runs them out of the building including a spark right after Zion Williamson was introduced to the Cameron Crazies. Coming out of a weekend where Florida State edged a good Syracuse team that was fighting for its life, and Duke crushes a Notre Dame team, the Orange and the Irish, by the way, are now officially dead when it comes to the NCAA possibilities. NIT, yes. NCAA, well, you better go to Greensboro and get the automatic bid at the ACC tournament because the 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 Irish and the Orange whiffed on what is for them among the last opportunities for a signature victory. So they fall. Duke and FSU get nice wins. And Louisville is now talking about back-to-back losses at Georgia Tech, which is going nowhere in the postseason for NCAA sanctions reasons, and at Clemson, which is not a bad team, but has roughly as many wins as losses this year for Brad Brownell, right around the 500 mark all year long or all month long. What was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe and what made it that? There were Kobe Bryant tributes all over NBA All-Star Weekend. Former Wake star Chris Paul was a best of the weekend. New Lakers star Anthony Davis was a best of the weekend. Team LeBron beat Team Giannis, and if you didn't see it all, I would argue that just as some performers had Kobe tributes, I think the players playing hard in an all-star environment, I think that was their version, as some of them did say in the post-game, their version of a tribute to Kobe Bryant, a famously competitive guy who was also competitive even in that often kind of frivolous environment that can be the NBA all-star game where defense is sometimes optional and even more generally all-star games in most of the sports that we follow sometimes don't look much like the sport itself. This was a little bit different. Shout out to Hornets forward Miles Bridges. He was the MVP of the Rising Stars Challenge. Devontae Graham and P.J. Washington from the Hornets organization were also there as participants in Chicago. Duke was not the only best of the weekend in college hoops. Baylor, Clemson, Maryland. Why was Billy Donovan moved to tears this weekend? And I mean in a good way. That's another college basketball story surrounding that NBA head coach. Quick shout out to Mark Prosser in Western Carolina. Dustin Kearns at App State. Those 
here's two relatively new coaches. Year two for one, year one for the other. Got nice wins this weekend on the road and clearly have their programs pointed in the right direction as others in our midst get the much bigger headlines. Did you watch XFL Week 2? If so, what did you think? There are some strange headlines emerging in the international soccer world. UEFA did to Manchester City what many baseball fans wished MLB did to the Houston Astros. They just kicked them out for two years. It is on appeal, but they're just out. No UEFA competition for you. No Champions League, et cetera, for you. You're just out because you broke our rules. Now, they say that's the end of it. We'll see about the appeal. One more quick shout-out as we salute the Hurricanes and their stadium series. Adam Scott got a win on the PGA Tour at Riviera. Tiger Woods was not at all good joining the Heels and the Pack and the Deeks and the Cardinals and the Houston Astros and even others on the worst of the weekend list as those hit my inbox over the weekend. The Daytona 500 had no conclusion yesterday. It does resume after the conclusion of our show today. It will be only the second time in 62 years that the great American race ends on a Monday rather than, of course, the usual weekend schedule. The return of college baseball, a quick shout out. We mentioned last week that our state could have like seven of the top 25 teams in the country, which is just crazy. Shout out to, among others, ECU, UNC, and NC State, who are started in style with sweeps of non-conference opponents as the college baseball season ramps up. Cliff Godwin, Elliot Avent, Mike Fox, those guys always join us, among others, as their teams often are in the right sorts of headlines later in that season. Dave Odom will be front and center in Winston-Salem later this week. He and his 1995 Wake Forest Demon Deacons will be honored at the Joel. We'll talk with Coach Odom, who also serves as a college basketball analyst and has for us for years the big bracket, the ACC and otherwise. It'll be great to see a great guy in the right kind of spotlight as Wake Forest kind of licking its wounds Five losing seasons in six years of the Danny Manning era has something to celebrate, and they will do so uh, at their game on Wednesday night in Winston-Salem. Dave Odom will join second hour. We'll celebrate the stadium series as well. What was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe, and what made it that? What was the worst thing you saw, and what made it that? Where do the heels go from here? What about the Wolfpack? What about the Demon Deacons and other possible hot seat coaching situations? What about Louisville? You go back-to-back -back losses at Georgia Tech and Clemson while the Seminoles and the Blue Devils seem to be building momentum? We are only about three weeks away from Greensboro, folks, in the ACC tournament. Time is running short to manage a crisis, and I think that's what Chris Mack has at least temporarily at Louisville. Meanwhile, Leonard Hamilton at FSU, Mike Krzyzewski at Duke, I think have most pieces of the puzzle falling into place really nicely as the Devils showed against Notre Dame this weekend in front of Zion and everybody else. 1-800-849-2761. Great guests later. Your phone calls now. I'll give you more of my best and worst of the weekend as we invite your calls. Darren Vaught is back as the producer. Intern Will is back as our intern of the day. Will will be the first voice you hear when you dial 1-800-849-2761. Happy President's Day. And welcome to Best and Worst of the Weekend. You can be next on The David Glenn Show.
Dean in Wilmington, you're up on the David Glenn Show. The NCAA book on violations is so sick Superman has trouble carrying. This is true. However, it's not buried into the small print in the back that you're not allowed to drive luxury cars that aren't yours, okay? (laughs) Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. No secret formula you can say to the kids right now. I mean, they're devastated. It's been a devastated year. The game is filled with a lot of things that are extremely high, and some lows are as low as you can possibly ever imagine. But you still got to keep coming back and keep going to the well. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. That was Roy Williams after yet another loss. The Tar Heels are 10 and 15. They are three wins and 11 losses in conference play. It is going to be the second worst season in more than 50, about 60 years of UNC basketball, barring some sort of miraculous run in Greensboro. As strange as this might sound, as Joey in Greensboro has college basketball in his mind, others the NBA All-Star Weekend, we are playing best and worst of the weekend. Former Wake Forest coach Dave Odom is going to drop by second hour as both a college hoops expert and as one of the honorees on Wednesday night in Winston-Salem as Wake Forest honors its 1995 championship team. Dave Odom, next hour, your phone calls right now on whatever the best or worst you saw this weekend, whatever those things were. Kawhi Leonard, MVP of the NBA All-Star Game. Anthony Davis of the Lakers. Chris Paul, formerly of Wake Forest. The Hornets' Miles Bridges among the honorees. He was the MVP of the Rising Stars Challenge. UNC, NC State, and Wake Forest all got worst of the weekend votes as did the Lion Cheat and Houston Astros. There's an update to that story. The Louisville Cardinals have lost two straight at Georgia Tech, at Clemson. Rob Manfred, baseball commissioner, spoke this weekend, and not everybody liked his explanation. Tiger Woods, face-planted at Riviera. Remember the Masters, he won it a year ago, is just uh, a couple of months away. And in the backdrop of the Canes' exciting announcement that they are the first southeastern market in the history of the NHL to get a stadium series hockey game the announcement this weekend the game remember is about a a year from now in the backdrop to that announcement as we come to your calls what was the best thing you saw what was the worst thing you saw and I'll tell you why as I sat there in front of Roy Williams whose voice you just heard I was thinking to myself even though that's the game that I covered we sent staff members to other games this weekend it actually was the fourth most important of the big four games this weekend here's what I mean we're so used to the Tar Heel struggles. Like, it was a shock months ago. It was still intriguing when they almost beat Duke, but yet went back to their losing ways and let that one get away. With each passing week, folks, the Tar Heels losing becomes less and less newsworthy, in a sense. And here's what I mean. Whereas history is being made in all the wrong ways, and you're going to read that, you know, only Matt Doherty's miserable 8-20 and season since Dean Smith's rookie year in 1962, only Matt Doherty's miserable middle year of his three in Chapel Hill will qualify as worse than what is happening right now in Chapel Hill. So how could that be only the fourth most important? Well, from my point of view, and I, I get you, if you're a Carolina fan, maybe you think it's the most important. But as I was listening to Roy Williams' words, and his right-hand man, Steve Kirshner, actually cut short the post-game press conference, specifying, hey, man, 
I'm not cutting this short just because the Tar Heels suffered another disappointing loss, which is what a lot of fans and media would suspect right away. I can tell you, Roy Williams did not sound like himself. He was sick, and he's also sick and tired, pardon the pun, of losing and seeing, in some cases, his guys emo empty the emotional bucket and sometimes, not always, not at Wake Forest, for example, but sometimes empty the effort bucket and still come up on the losing end anyway. Why would it be only fourth? Well, the details of how Duke dismantled Notre Dame are far more important in the national college basketball picture than Carolina suffering another loss. This case, a close one in the final seconds to a UVA team that probably will make it to the NCAA tournament, although Cavaliers still have some work to do. What's second most important? NC State's got a chance to make the big dance. The Tar Heels' chances are down to a miracle run in Greensboro, which applies to all all of the teams that are not at-large bids going to Greensboro, right? So that's not unique to the heels. You want to make it from the bottom 11? In all likelihood, you got to get the automatic bid. The Wolfpack's loss at Boston College was a major jolt to Kevin Keats' dreams of getting them to their second NCAA tournament in his three years there. And I would argue that even Wake Forest, they not only lost against Miami, they got embarrassed by Miami. When you're under the microscope, Danny Manning was saved a year ago because his buyout was so large, it would have wreaked havoc with the Wake Athletic Department finances, and some of their biggest boosters were hesitant to simply sign the check the way you see in the SEC, for example, on a regular basis. Get that one dude who will say, you know what, I'm a mega billionaire. You need $18 million to buy out Danny Manning? A year ago, remember, that's what Jeff Goodman reported the, that the numbers would be. We don't know the exact numbers because Wake, as a private institution, does not have to release all that information or even give us a copy of the contract out here in media land the way public universities have to do by law. So it's a little bit of an educated guessing game. Somebody told Jeff Goodman that at the time, it was six years remaining on Danny's deal, $3 million a year. That adds up to $18 million with every dollar guaranteed. That was Jeff's report, and he has a good track record as a media member. I've been told it wasn't quite that high, but it was really, really high, and they couldn't buy it out or wouldn't, however you want to put it. And now, as he's coming down the stretch on his fifth losing season in his six years, remember he got that extension in the aftermath of breaking the Deacons' long NCAA tournament drought that started under or, or really rose under Jeff Bozdelic but then continued in the early years of Danny Manning. The details of Duke's win were the most important on the national scene. The Wolfpack loss was the next most important, again, because it impacts the big bracket. This is a sport that is defined by March Madness, and the Wolfpack has a chance, especially if it can beat Duke or Florida State this week at PNC Arena. They're not dead yet, but they're on life support after losing at Boston College. Wake Forest has a coach on the hot seat. And Carolina, it's just like, well, they lost again. Roy's upset again. Roy's exasperated again. Roy's running out of things to say. And how many questions can you ask him slightly differently to try to generate a different answer? I feel bad. I talked to some of the UNC beat writers. They're like, how many different ways can you pick over the same storylines? I get it. The coach is tired. You guys are probably tired as beat writers. It's just the same old song and dance. And whereas it was a worst of the weekend, Carolina losing to UVA, so was State's loss at BC, so was Wake getting embarrassed at Miami by 17 points. That doesn't sound like a team that's still fighting for its embattled coach, right? Put up a fight to beat the Tar Heels. 
Then you go to Coral Gables against a bottom-tier team, and you get crushed by 17. Carolina losing is not as newsworthy as it has been for months, and maybe that's as painful a shot as any Carolina fan can hear. Joey's in Greensboro and has college hoops on his mind. I'll give you more of my best and worst of the weekend as we take more of your calls. Duke, Baylor, Clemson over Louisville at Little John. Maryland went to Michigan State and beat the Spartans. Of course, we have best of from the baseball, football, golf, and NBA worlds as well. We'll get to as many of your calls as we can. Eric and Durham will be next. Joey in Greensboro is, is first up on best and worst of the weekend. Go right ahead. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well. What's going on? Uh, well, i got to agree with you about everything with Carolina, man. It's just been a devastating year for whatever reason. But um, just looking at the ACC tournament bracket and Georgia Tech being out, and my thinking that, you know, just the bottom four teams would play on that Tuesday. Oh, the Heels are playing Tuesday. I mean, it's not, it's not, that's not, I mean, I don't mean that, um, that it's locked. I don't mean that they've lost right. so much that that's a guarantee. I mean, if you're asking my educated opinion, the Heels are playing on right. Tuesday in Greensboro. I mean, and, and to be serious, just so you can contemplate the, the possibilities for yourself, they're 3-11 and 11 right now. So it's, remember, it's a new, new schedule format where everybody plays 20 conference games. It was 16 for much of my career, 18 more recently. They decided to, you know, play each other more often, so now they're at 20. So all six remaining Carolina games are conference games, and they're dead last right now. So how many of these do you think the Heels will win? At Notre Dame tonight, I would guess a loss. Maybe, but I'd guess a loss. At Louisville Saturday, extremely likely loss. Wolfpack at home later this month, whatever. I'm not getting into that so far ahead of that matchup. At Syracuse, probable loss. Wake at home, I'd say it's a probable win. And then at Duke, good luck with that. I know what they did against the Devils in Chapel Hill, but let's be real. The Devils are the best team in this league, and for now the Heels are the worst team in this league. And I know rivalry games can do weird things, but it's mostly when the underdog is at home that the weird things happen as the Heels almost pulled that off. So let's say you're an optimist, Joey. I don't know if you're even a Carolina fan, but let's just say you're an optimist and you think the Heels will go 3-3 three and three down the stretch. If you are 6-14 and 14 in conference play, you are playing on Tuesday in Greensboro. Heck, let's say, let's say something crazy happens, and they're 4-2 and two down the stretch. They only lose at Louisville and at Duke. You're 7-13, and 13 and you're still playing on Tuesday. I mean, seriously, that's how weird this stuff is. Carolina is in almost unchartered territory. I'm not making these numbers up. Dean Smith went eight and nine in his rookie year as a head coach before I was born and most of you were born. 1962, they didn't play as many games back then, clearly. They only had 17 regular season games, and he only won eight of them. So he was eight and nine. The legendary future Hall of Famer Dean Smith started eight and nine as a head coach. Since then, it has been the Matt Doherty debacle, eight and 20, and this. That's it. That's it. Over almost 60 years of Carolina basketball, those are the two worst seasons. So, yes, some people are asking for ticket purposes. They just don't get many chances to see the Tar Heels. Maybe they live in or near the triad part of our statewide audience. If you're looking for me to give you the green light to go ahead and gobble up those tickets early, if you really want to see your beloved Tar Heels, what better chances are there going to be? I mean, it's not like it's going to be a hot ticket on a Tuesday, and it's not – 
a Carolina team that's worth going out of your way to see compared to other years. But if that's your dream, is there a closer to home, less expensive way to see the Tar Heels play a basketball game than Tuesday at the ACC tournament this year? I don't know. I've been at this for 34 years. That might be as close to the bargain basement ticket price as anything maybe other than the Matt Doherty 8-20 and 20 debacle of, uh, what was that, almost uh, not quite 20 years ago. 1-800-849-2761. Eric has best and worst. He'll be next on the other side. You can chime in. What was the best thing you saw? What was the worst thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe since we were last together on Friday? And what made it that NBA All-Star game? The return of college baseball. XFL Week 2. Dodgers star Cody Bellinger has spoken out and absolutely blasted publicly the Houston Astros, Houston's Carlos Correa, responded in a profane manner. I'll even give you a little President's Day trivia as we come back to your calls. 1-800-849-2761. We're playing best and worst of the weekend. We're celebrating former Wake coach Dave Odom. He drops by in roughly 60 minutes. He'll be honored by the Deacons in Winston-Salem with his 1995 championship team on Wednesday of this week. Back to your calls on the other side. Great guests later. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket in to the David Glenn Show. Mike Krzyzewski joining us. We asked folks you work with at Duke if you've changed or mellowed over the years. Well, you know, mellow is having a glass of wine and looking over, you know, the sunset, you know. Uh, I don't see how you can be mellow and coach a game. That can't happen. If it does, then you shouldn't be coaching. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Best and Worst of the Weekend. Dave Odom of Wake Forest. Also deep ties all over the Carolinas. Former head coach at South Carolina. Fun fact, I'm taking my daughter Avery to see a Gamecocks women's basketball game tonight. They are number one in the nation. South Carolina, in an unrelated matter, is one of my daughter's five favorite colleges or universities. She's a high school senior. So we're doing the whole campus tour thing tomorrow. Little daddy-daughter day. Darren Vaught will be my guest host in this chair on this side of the glass. He is handling his usual, usual producer duties today. Intern Will is taking your calls. Eric wants in from Durham. Gary wants in from Wilson. I have more of my best and worst of the weekend from the NBA All-Star Weekend. I didn't watch much XFL, but some of you did. Baseball is front and center with Cody Bellinger of the Dodgers and Carlos Correa of the Astros going back and forth on the Astros scandal and sanctions and quote air quotes apologies last week, sometimes in a profane manner. Duke looked not just good, but great in the college basketball headlines this weekend. Carolina, NC State and Wake for different reasons. We're all worst of the weekend in the college hoops world. As we go to Eric and Durham, here's the fun fact I mentioned from President's Day, as we wish you all a happy President's Day. Did you know, Darren, that in my childhood, many states just referred to it as George Washington's birthday? Is this a sign of the gap between our generations? You've probably never heard of anything other than <laughs> the title President's Day for a day like this, right? Yeah, officially it's titles, I think, always universally been President's Day throughout your lifetime? my lifetime. Now, at some point, there becomes the realization that it is that because it's George Washington's birthday 
but I think officially it's always been President's Day. True story. Other states have called it Washington and Lincoln's birthday day, and that's starting to get a little wordy, right? <laughs> yeah. So given the fact that George Washington's birthday was February 22nd, and Abraham Lincoln's birthday was February 12th, here we are smack dab in between, and obviously President's Day moves a little bit year by year on the calendar, but it was why not celebrate, among other presidents, two who are regarded as two of the greatest we've ever had, and President's Day landing right between their birthdays sounds like a really cool way to place it on the calendar, and we'll ask all the states to call it President's Day, and we'll have a little bit more uniformity as we celebrate two of the greatest of uh, what are we up to now? 44, 45 United States presidents. 1-800-849-2761. Eric is in Durham and next up on Best and Worst of the Weekend. Go right ahead. Hey, DG. Thanks for taking my call. Sure, man. Um, so, Best of the Weekend's got to be Trey Jones, just the way he's running that offense. and Well, just the way he's running that team. It's, he's the smartest player in the nation. He's, he's an All-American is one way to put it, and I like your way as well because he is really good defensively every night. Uh, he has occasional lapses with turnovers and stuff, but that's gotten better, and we all have seen him grow as an offensive player. He was a distributor that teams dared to shoot last year, and that was part of the downfall of Duke when Zion and RJ sometimes didn't get enough help offensively. So Trey is just a new and improved version of himself, and that guy's going to end up in the NBA. I know not everybody sees him that way. Uh, but he is going to spend a lot of time in the NBA because he has a lot of the qualities that his brother Tyus has. And uh, Tyus is what, uh, backing up John Morant in Memphis right now, if I remember correctly, uh, as a guy who helped Duke win the national title, was it five years ago, and now is in year five in the NBA. And, uh, yeah, you're, you're right. And, but the worst of the weekend has got to be the, the way the dunk contest is judged, not because Aaron Gordon – got snubbed on that last dunk, but it shouldn't have even gotten that far. The, the 360 dunk he did off the edge of the backboard was fantastic. That was wicked good. Opportunities. Yeah, go ahead. The first two, he missed the first two opportunities, which I don't think should have gotten a 50, which would have ended the contest right there. So you want to see misses factored into the 50, or you want to see yes, fewer attempts correct. allowed? Well, fewer attempts allowed would be, I think, you get two attempts to spare. I, I only caught part of the, the festivities. Uh, let's see, the dunk contest was Saturday night, so I was in Chapel Hill, so I only saw some of the highlights of that. Um, so I, I was not watching all of that stretch, but I remember from being in Charlotte for the NBA's All-Star Weekend, uh, the dunk contest was one of my favorite parts of it. And we had some similar debates on, wait a minute, there were a lot of missed dunks. And then the debate came, well, if you don't give them enough chances, they're not going to take as many risks and it's not going to be as spectacular. So like most things in life, there's an upside and a downside. If you give them more chances, they'll experiment more and go for the more spectacular. If you give them fewer chances, I hadn't heard that option. That is kind of a hybrid, right? Even if you give them three shots, you factor in that it took you three chances before you grade the dunk. What do you think, Darren? Am I getting too legalistic? Is, yeah, is well, Eric I and think, Durham getting too legalistic? Yeah, I think that becomes a, a, a little more qualitative for the judges when it's supposed to be just a pretty easy assignment for them, right? I mean, 
dunk is executed. What did what did you think How of it? And that's why I think that's why I think for the record we see a lot more tens given by those guys and uh, that are judging it is because you know they're just they want to be wowed or not. Are you more scientist or more artist with your dunk contest judging? characteristics <laughs> because the scientists would say L listen man that degree of difficulty was really really high and that was a low percentage dunk attempt and he nailed it right and then the artist would say well wait a minute man he had taco fall at seven foot 70 or whatever he is standing there and had to leap over him that's that's creativity it's, you're bringing a little art in there remember when that's we were in charlotte j cole was used as a prop yeah that was that's cool. that's that the, the use of Taco Fall, in my estimation, is a perfect blend of the art and science that you're talking about. Now, remember, last year in Charlotte, it was John Collins who did, uh, you know, he dressed up like as if he was one of the Wright brothers. See, and I had like the, that. The plane. I'm giving some points it was for creative. That, that's artistic. It was very artistic. You didn't like he, it? Well, he didn't clear the plane, remember. He knocked off a, a piece of the edge of it on his way to the hoop. So then, oh, That's you know, a scientist in you. Yeah, there's a little bit of both. You could there's have a given him a both. 10 for creativity and a 7 for execution. <laughs> right, if, so it's a it's an 8.5 or if, whatever if you, you want. If you could break down the kid's report card <laughs> that kind of way. 1-800-849-2761. Quickly to add to his Duke point. Notre Dame is a good basketball team. I know they're only going to make the NIT, but they have played a lot of good teams closely. And one thing they really are under Mike Bray is dynamic offensively. If you had to say, why has Notre Dame... Carolina's not the only team that has underachieved this year. And I mean, even after you figure in the le least gifted, to use Roy Williams' phrase, and even after you figure in injuries, etc., they've still underachieved compared to, you know, Brad Brownell has a certain talent level and has figured out a way to shock Louisville and shock Duke and uh, what's his record right now? Like, barely above 500. But... He is squeezing out of that roster what it had to give. Slightly better than 500, a couple exciting, shocking victories, but he's also had some ugly losses, right? You don't want to lose to Miami and Wake, as Clemson has. So it's symbolic of their roller coaster season. But when you look at what he has and what he did, well, to me, he's overachieved, actually. Mike Bray at Notre Dame, Roy Williams at Carolina, to put it bluntly, have underachieved. And one thing the Irish do really well, even this year, when they lose, it's almost always because the Irish can't stop people. They've got one shot blocker inside, and, man, they have trouble with everything else. Even John Mooney, not an elite defensive player. First team All-ACC, double-double machine, but he's not really a shot blocker. He's not a great defender. He doesn't have big hops. And the guys on the perimeter are not great at shutting people down and, and preventing dribble penetration. So, I mean, the... P teams were shooting like 40% from three-point land against the Irish. That's like nightmarishly bad. Whereas, you know, a Duke or somebody can keep foes to 28% from three-point land, right? So anyway, the Irish are where they are because they can't stop people. The Irish are really good offensively. And what, when I say the details matter of Duke's win over Notre Dame, we all knew they were going to beat Notre Dame. But when it's 94 to 60, and yeah, Zion's announced uh, presence sort of sent the crazies into a flurry, and Duke took what was, I think, about a 10 or so point lead there and just blew the Irish out of the building. 
it's one thing to put up 94 on a bad Notre Dame defense. We might have even been able to predict that. That's still highly efficient offensive basketball. You're getting near the century mark there, right? When you hold them to 60, this is, this is a team that has T.J. Gibbs, senior guard, Rex Fluger on the perimeter. Those guys didn't have an inch to move. Prentice Hub, a younger guard. Dane Goodwin's been a good shooter for them. Got to deal with Mooney inside, right? The Devils flat out like a python strangling every last ounce of life out of you, little by little. That's what Duke did to a, one of the better functioning offenses in the ACC. Again, not a banner year for Notre Dame, but you, you took what they do really well and embarrassed them. That is not easy to do home or away against a well-coached team like Mike Bray teams. And Duke did it. And what um, I think the ultimate point and why Duke's win and the details of it, in my eyes, an even bigger story than Carolina, yet another loss, State, obvious step backward at Boston College, Wake getting whacked at Miami. All of those are disappointing in different respects. The details of Duke win, Duke's win, they've won seven straight. They absolutely shut down a really good and diverse uh, and Notre Dame offense. And they just set the all-time school record. Mike, Mike Krzyzewski has been out this, at this for 40 years now. It was their fifth conference win this season by 30 or more points. You are killing people if you are winning by 30 or more. You don't have a lot of double-digit wins most weekends in conference play. Five wins by 30 or more, and even if you think, you know, well, Notre Dame's a middle-of-the-pack team. Whoever you think is the worst team in the ACC is not horrendous, right? Carolina even beat Oregon, right? You know, Miami, Clemson, Wake Forest sometimes rises from the ashes. Beating anybody by 30 means you're, play, you're playing not only high-talent basketball, but high-execution basketball, high-toughness basketball. You're caring about the details of possessions long after the game is out of hand. And that's what Coach K preaches. That's his West Point mentality. It's part of what makes his program so great. A school record fifth ACC win by 30 or more points. If you want to get into a running game with the Devils, they can run with you. If you want to get into a grinder with the Devils, they can grind with you. If Coach K wants to slap the claws on a diverse, uh, diverse opponent's backcourt, it's Trey Jones, you know, defensive all-ACC guy. It's Jordan Goldwire, defensive specialist off the bench. Vernon Carey's not a great defensive player overall, but he can block some shots. You send Javin Delorier in there and you say, man, you're just a, a wild energizer bunny. You're just diving for loose balls, blocking shots, grabbing rebounds, passing out to open shooters. But Delorier can help on defense. Jack White has helped them on defense. Goldwire's a specialist on defense. Cassius Stanley didn't play this weekend, but he's, he's long and athletic and another helpful player at that end of the floor. So if Duke, come tournament time, gets into a run and gun, it can handle it. If Duke, come tournament time, gets into a lower scoring grinder, they can handle it. If Duke runs into a hot guard, do I put Trey Jones on that guy or do I put Jordan Goldwire on that guy? Man, you give the Hall of Famer Mike Krzyzewski that many tools in the toolbox – that many players in his rotation, you know, Alex O'Connell won't play much on one night, 
And then when they need a couple buckets against the Tar Heels or they needed, you know, just more confidence from his shooting ability against the Irish, there it was. They need defense, there's Goldwire. And Coach K kind of mixes and matches, depending on the strengths and weaknesses of each opponent. The details of these things matter, folks. Louisville isn't even sure what it is right now. Back-to-back losses at Georgia Tech and Clemson. That's a team that's been fighting for a two-seed in the NCAA tournament. And they're in a state of shock. They're dealing with chemistry issues. Why is Jordan Wara scoring only two points? He's a 20-point-per-game ACC Player of the Year candidate for most of the year. Mid-February is the wrong time for a crisis in college basketball. So Chris Max got his hands full with those headaches. Florida State's in a great position. Nice win over Syracuse this weekend. Duke is in the best position. Always check our weekly power rankings at accsports.com. I posted another postseason projection edition of our ACC Power Rankings earlier today at The Athletic Carolina. So please enjoy both of those fine websites when you can. Speaking of college hoops, we get a spotlight right here on us, meaning the great state of North Carolina tonight. UNC is at Notre Dame. In how many ways does that game even matter right now? You could debate it. But North Carolina Central and North Carolina A&T play tonight on ESPNU, the rare national TV spotlight on the two best programs in the MEAC, who are the two best teams in that league this year. The, ne- the conference title and resulting NCAA tournament bid could come down to the Aggies and the Eagles come that league tournament in Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, the near home school Norfolk State is pretty good as well, so we'll see how that plays out. But it's an Aggie-Eagle classic of sorts, just the hardcourt style. They get together twice every year. Tonight it is in Greensboro, later in Durham. More on that college basketball story with more of your best and worst of the weekend. Dave Odom, legendary Wake Forest coach and friend of the program, joins us in about 45 minutes. You can be next by dialing 1-800-849-2761. More NBA, a little NASCAR, a little hockey. A little baseball, a little XFL. You can steer us elsewhere with your vote, question, or comment next on The David Glenn Show. The David Glenn Show, where the great guests have so much fun, they never want to leave. I'll come give you a pep talk before your next show if you need me to. We could use that from you, Webb Simpson, anytime. Hey, I'll be your intern after this. this is everything open, man. We'll take Joe Harris as an intern every day <laughs> and twice on Sunday. Listen weekdays to The David Glenn Show. Pittsburgh Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin is really, really, really unhappy and came out for a rare media interview at this time of the year to tell everyone exactly why. You could call it a best or worst of the weekend. We are coming back to your votes in that regard. What was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe? A lot of college hoops, NBA, some XFL, some other things. You could be next. Dave Odom in 30 minutes on the DG Show. Jerome Robinson, are you a hugger or a handshake guy? How does it work if Adam Silver is waiting for you? I really don't know. I I hope it's not awkward. (laughs) Um, You know, I hope it's not like a hand-to-hug-to-hand kind of thing, but... I don't know. I might just mess around and just hug him. No hands. I think he's a hugger. You're listening to The David Glenn Show.